The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. Unsurprisingly, papers filled with coverage of Shane McGowan, front of the Irish Examiner, a parting full of love for Shane. A picture on the front of the Irish Indo, quiet moment of grief amid a lively send-off for Shane, including jiving up at the uh, front of the church, which I think is the first time that I've seen jiving at a funeral. Uh, similarly, in the front of the Daily Mail, touching Johnny Depp pays respect to Shane McGowan. This is after Johnny Depp was told that he needed to forgive his ex-wife um, from... Uh, first time I think Johnny Depp has been read from the altar, but that's kind of what happened. Uh, and uh, rainy day in Nina, but rousing send-off for Shane McGowan, says Frank McNally in the Irish Times. But as we come towards the end of the year, it is a year in which we have lost Shane McGowan, we've lost Christy Dignam, we've lost Sinead O'Connor, and it sort of begs the question whether or not there was an era of Irish music and an era of Irish musicians and singers that we may not see again. With us is our own Tom Dunn, lead singer, it should be said, of course, if something happens, but far more importantly, uh, presenter here on News Talk. Tom, uh, that... Sorry? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just making a... a, a... <laughs> An involuntary noise there about which was more important something happens or he's talk. Sorry. I was wondering what I get a response. My apologies, Anthony. Do you want to be given um, space to, to reply or will we just let it pass us by? <laughs> we let it pass. We let it pass this time. Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, I think we did see a very unique generation in the three of them and I think there were certain things at play that got them into music that were very unique to the times. Um, I think punk rock is massive in that. I think it was the shot that was heard around the world. All of them were influenced to some extent by it. All of them were kind of called to arms, particularly Shane, uh, on the strength of, of seeing and hearing punk rock bands. And the punk rock bands came just after the kind of 60s era of this looking at people like Bob Dylan or the Stones or the most talented people of their generation and thinking that um, really talented people, great writers go into music. And if I have aspirations, if I have things I want to say, music could be a good place for me to take my talent. So I think the combination of thinking this is where great talent goes and then punk rock arriving and saying, it's, you know, if, you don't, if you're not able to play guitar, don't worry, you will learn how to. That's not a big deal. The thing is that you have something you want to say, you've, you want to get yourself out there. And that was, I mean, that, that drove a whole generation into music. And well, I why think, is it, uh, do you think then, Tom, that as we stand now, we're not, maybe we are seeing more of it and I'm not just aware of it, but I would have thought that things like the creation of music and the publication of music is easier now for a young individual person on their own than it has ever been. But it's hard to point at the current U2s or the current Hothouse Flowers or the current Shane McGowan's. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a few things going on there. One, I think the ease of, of being able to produce music and get music out there has created a kind of a wave. So I think it's harder to stand above that. It's easy to get, and at the moment, like Spotify are taking uh, arts, artists who don't get more than a thousand streams, they're taking them out of the equation. Um, it's easy to get your three or four hundred streams. It's, it's, as always, it's getting to number one or getting above the noise is the hard part. So I think it's created a bit of a tsunami that makes it harder for you to kind of raise your voice and get noticed. A lot of noise out there, as Bono said once. Um, uh, but but that said, people do come through. And I think, whereas before, if you felt you had a bit of talent and you wanted to do something, you, you formed a band through your friends and you went into small venues around wherever you lived and, and you played gigs. Now you're recording things on TikTok and you're posting things on YouTube and people are coming through that. And uh, recently, my she was then 14, daughter uh, dragged me along to see a band in the Olympia and it was sold out weeks in advance. And I, and I, who have a music show and work in music, had never heard of the band. 
So you had a room of 1,500 14-year-old girls who were going do lally over this band called Lovejoy, who are on stage, who've come through that, who haven't got radio play, um, haven't been on the Late Late Show, have just come through their own kind of way of, of finding their audience and are doing it in spades. So, you know, funny enough, at the time that all this was going on, I was there. I wasn't quite aware of the depth of genius that was coming through us. We, I think maybe with Sinead, she was so unique voice-wise. But it's it's only the fullness of time that you're looking back at Fairy Tale of New York or A Pair of Brown Eyes and just really marvelling at the writing and really thinking, that was so exceptional because it the, the Pogues were a noisy band too. You went along to those gigs and it was rivers of drink at them and that was kind of a lot of, a lot of what you remembered was having one of the best nights of your life. It took you a while to realise that not only had you won the best nights of your life, you also had songs that would live forever. Uh, that was, it was funny watching bits of the funeral, my, my children were saying to me, did you know him, Dad? Uh, and they were kind of, I could see that in their eyes, he's reached this iconic level of, it's like saying you knew Ber- George Bernard Shaw or something like that. He's he's just, he's that level to, to young people. But is that a function of, of is that a function of, of, um, posthumous glory that happens to all. I mean, a bit like you look at Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and wonder would he have been the icon that he is had he lived? Or is it a function of hindsight giving us a fresh view? I think it's a kind of a combination of the two of them. Um, but I do think Fairy Tale had kind of put him into iconic status while he was still with us. I think they all know if they all learn it in school, it's just one of those things at Christmas where you sit down and you watch a Christmas carol somewhere and uh, and various things that happen every year at Christmas. And now fairy tale is one of those things. And it's just in them and in their hearts. They think it's been there forever. Or when they start to realise that it's this guy, Shane McGowan, um, whose funeral was yesterday, they start going, God, really? So so it's a combination of the two, I think. Um, and, and you have to say that yesterday's funeral, it was, it was an awful lot of myth around Shane. And if you wanted a kind of an almost mythical send-off, well, that's what you got, wasn't it? It was, uh, you know, the... the carriage and the horses and the illin pipes and the Artane Boys band and it looked like a funeral for Sean Lamas or something going down. Um, it looked like a funeral from 50 years ago is what I was looking at. And then on top of all that, the love for him was off the clock. Um, it was very yeah, I mean, some of the images of from yesterday, I think that the image of watching Johnny Depp as Paul Bearer walking past the Irish president while people have been jiving at the front of a church beside, I mean, it's it's a combination yeah. of things that if 20 years ago you were told would happen, you'd say not in any fever dream was it possible. Can I ask no. you though, Tommy, you're talking about the, the, the sort of the hindsight looking, revealing more of the genius of the people as, as we look back at them. The other thing that I found myself thinking about the three of them, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong on this, but if you look at Sinead McGowan, if you look at Sinead O'Connor, if you look at Christy Dignam, what the industry and their experience of navigating their fame did to them seems yeah. to have been extraordinarily damaging. I mean, when you listen to the stories told about Shane, but when you listen to the the abuse that he put himself through, I mean, willingly did it, but the the the, the stresses that he put on his body, of that bunch who got that kind of fame. It seems to be only you two who survived the success and the fame. Yeah. Has that changed or is it still chew you up if you make it? I think it's still chew you up as you make it. I, I think it is the most extraordinary business for that. And I think very often people who get to a little bit of success in it probably have a little kind of a frailty to begin with um, somewhere in their personality. 
Um, so when that when they get to the early bloom of fame, um, they are literally thrown under the bus. There's just it seems to me that the businesses in in the UK and in America, wherever they are, just close shop and seem to think we have this person. They have the attention of the world for a limited amount of time and we have to work them half to death during that time. And they're put on tours that are just debilitating. Uh, the demands on churning out materials off the clock, there is zero, in, as far as I can see, zero concern for their mental health and how they're going to cope with all of that. Britney Spears has her biography out at the moment. Um, the tales in it are absolutely startling. That's something that's only happened in the last 15, 20 years. It's happened in front of our eyes, the, the, the conservativeship of her, her dad. Um, it, it's, it sounds like a modern kidnapping tale when you start to read the details. It's, it's phenomenal. And the same was true of, of all of the three people that we talked about today. Um, when, when there was a problem with Christy Dignam, he was sensationally sacked. He was on the front cover of the Star newspaper at the time, photograph of Christy and sacked under it. You can imagine what that was doing for him. With Sinead, you know, when she ripped up that picture, there were people like Frank Sinatra saying he wanted to punch her. Um, she was like just discarded, zero support once again. And with Shane, when the success came, and particularly Fairy Tale, and Fairy Tale came just after uh, Rum Sodomy and the Lash and Songs Like a Pair of Brown Eyes. So it was a little perfect storm of great songs. He was being taken off on a tour. His sister Siobhan was saying there is no way he should be going on the tour. He was in an, a, an institution, a psychiatric institution on his 18th birthday. Uh, he had issues from day one. and She was saying there's no way he should be going on that tour. He went on the tour, three years on the tour, and she says it was a different man and came back. So I think it is a brutal, brutal business. And I suppose and the question out of that then, Tom, is if you if you take Shane McGowan as case in point, what was lost to us in terms of creative, creative output and capacity from the man? Because if he was able to, as you say, do Rum Sodomy and The Lash and all of the songs yeah. that went to that period, what else might we have got if he'd been better looked after? Well, it's impossible to say, but... Um, if you listen back to those albums, um, the albums are great and I love the Pogues and they're such talented people. Uh, Terry Woods and Phil Chevron were, were great talents in their own right. But the unique talent, the, the thing, the voice in the Pogues that is just like no other voice is Shane McGowan. And every time you see his name in one of the songs, it's just a different kettle of fish to the songs around it. So he, without question, had a, a, an innate ability to to put words to music that nobody else around him could do. And he did three albums where he was doing that spectacularly. And then there's the, that three year long tour during which he's having car crashes, being injured in falls, missing dates. There are loads of issues going on around him. If he hadn't gone on that tour, if he had been protected from that tour and his mental health had been prioritised, um, th- then maybe there would have been other Rum, Sodomy and the Lash albums. We, we, we'll never know now. Tom, thank you very much as always. That is Tom Dunn, presenter on News Talk and of course, much more importantly, lead singer of Something Happens. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.